thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey, it's Kaz Jaff here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. As you can tell from the title, Pelvic Floor Rehabilitation for C-Section and Vaginal Deliveries, this is going to be a power-packed and informative episode, so you definitely want to listen to the end. Um, It's probably a topic that's a little bit taboo, and uh, well, that's exactly why I want to talk about it, and so does Susie Haightley, the owner of Functional Synergy a studio that provides private movement and yoga therapy to clients with pain and health challenges in Calgary, Canada. She's worked with women through all stages of pregnancy, from prenatal right through postpartum, and she's noticed that a lot of new mums seem resigned to the fact that post-baby body is just the way things are. She is on a mission to show new mums that how they can prepare and recover from pregnancy and childbirth and not be resigned to the that's just how it is after giving birth. It's a fantastic episode. Enjoy. Hey Susie, I'm so happy to have you on Mums the Word. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I live in Calgary, Canada, so geographically we're on the west side of Canada, kind of close to Vancouver. It's really about an hour and a half plane ride, um, but generally above Montana, if you think about it from the North American map. Um, and I am a registered kinesiologist. I have a background in uh, exercise physiology and anatomy and, and uh, biomechanics and kinesiology. And I apply that to yoga and I work specifically with people who are in pain or have strain and who want to get out of that scenario or and or they want to improve performance. Now, I really want to hear your journey and your story to the work that you're doing now. There's There's got to be a story. <laughs> well, I got into yoga initially when... Uh, I graduated from university and I had a whole bunch of pain myself and I was also working at a pain clinic and, uh, and started to combine the two worlds and I got out of pain pretty quickly. I've been in pain for about two years and then I got out of pain pretty quickly and, and, and realized that there was some points about yoga that were really uh, beneficial. And when I started to apply them to the practice I had at this clinic, uh, people got better faster as well so there's something that sort of clicked for me that something was up but I had no clue what I was doing and I I moved along and just kind of rumbled around in in the yoga world and and doing what I was doing and just started seeing people it was one of those very very organic processes of of people coming to see me and them getting better and and it just over the past two decades it's just grown to this space and so now I work a lot I work with both men and women, um, and the women that I work with, pretty much all of them come to see me. They're either uh, pregnant or they are postpartum, and most of them, I would say, are postpartum, and they are um, well past uh, finishing up with uh, being pregnant and delivering baby or having their babies, and they're having all sorts of issues, whether it's leakage, uh, prolapses. Um, painful sex, persistent pelvic pain. Many of them have been referred to me by other pelvic health physiotherapists or OBGYNs. 
and they're looking for something in tandem to what they're doing medically and just to help them get over the over the hump and and what was so interesting when I when women started to first come to see me for those particular scenarios it was interesting just how annoyed they were and I say interesting maybe that's not quite the right word but it really did surprise me because back then I was I was still quite young kids weren't on my radar whatsoever and uh, and it was sort of the first real realization one of those naive moments that kind of got transformed that there really was no assistance postpartum for women and there's really there wasn't very much assistance during pregnancy and then when my sisters had their kids and I watched them going through their pregnancies there really isn't a whole at that time there wasn't a whole great amount of information and up here in Canada we've got a pretty good medical system Um, but what happens postpartum is not really all that supportive Um, when you think about when someone has knee surgery for instance up here they get 18 physiotherapy appointments whereas postpartum there's nothing and yet it's been one of the when you when you have a baby whether it's c-section or or um, vaginal it's quite an amount of trauma to your body and I don't mean trauma I mean, I can, you can I use that term somewhat loosely, but it's it's quite it's quite a an ordeal that your body has gone through both hold like growing babies as well as delivering. So it's it, it's interesting I find how um, there's very little, and if you have a midwife, different story. If you have a doula, very different story. If you're educated and know about the 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 resources around. Um, different story, but there's so many women who don't know this. So it's one of the reasons why I'm grateful to be on this podcast and why I do what what I do with the women, because there's this really silent, uh, conversation that's, that's being had in women's heads and sometimes between women and you'll hear it on the, in the playground when the little, little ones are very little, you know, it's just the way it is. Well, it's taboo Laughing. and it's shame and it's, you know, well, yeah, no one like, really talks about it. So I must be different or, you know, on the other yeah. one. And then like, you're right. No one knows where to go. Right. And so then there's sniffing, right, as you sneeze and there's a bit of leakage. To, it starts with and perhaps it starts with. And and then there's just this assumption that bladder problems and 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 the rest of it that goes along with it as you get older is just part of being a woman. And and it doesn't certainly does not have to be that way. So this is what's so great about your podcast being around to really help moms um, uh, ec- ec- sort of expand um, and understand. I was speaking to a real estate agent uh, the other day because we're in the process of possibly um, selling and buying a house, and she she's eight weeks postpartum, and she had no idea at all that there was any such thing as a pelvic health physiotherapist. So I'm sitting there sitting in my little chair talking to her saying, well, let me tell you about the pelvic floor. And it was just, it was great because there's just another woman who knows who has a whole bunch of links into the community. And if we can kind of keep this conversation going and really shift it to let women know that yes, stuff can happen for sure. And uh, it can also be shifted and changed. So, so I guess the question coming up for me is obviously, um, having had a vaginal birth um luckily i didn't have any tearing but with with you know what we're talking about um leakage and pelvic floor issues what would be the indica- like i guess the the incidence or the numbers of people that would be having more issues with related to having a c section birth or a vaginal birth that's a really good question i can't i don't have stats on that 
what I do know is that the pelvic health physiotherapist I speak to, um, they will comment on it not being a whole lot different because how some women move through a vaginal birth, um, some of it is straightforward. Some of it, the baby comes really fast and there's a lot of tearing. Some of it, baby comes really fast and there's not a lot of tearing. Sometimes the tearing is further up. Sometimes there's an episiotomy that doesn't heal well. Um, a lot of it has to do with overall how um, a body is, how the body was going into pregnancy, how the body was during pregnancy, and then how the delivery occurred, and then how it's recovering. So a lot of how we bear the load, the increasing load of baby and baby weight, um, how that's loaded through a body through our pelvis, will have an impact on how our organs are. Um, functioning. And then during pregnancy, what we do activity wise, will have an impact on it. And there's no set protocol around activity. This is the, the tricky thing, because it really depends on what you came into pregnancy with and, and overall how things are working during pregnancy in terms of the activity you're doing. Some women way overdo exercise, some women way, way underdo it. Um, some women get it just right. And then that prepares you for how delivery goes. And there's lots of women who will push and push and push and then ultimately have a C-section. So there's been all this force going down through um, the birth canal, but yet for whatever reason, then, they, then there's a C-section that needs to be happened. So it's, it, it, it's, they're, they're, it's not that one is different than the other. I know a pelvic health therapist that I spoke with years ago and she was someone who was going to opt for a C-section because, like, bef- like, even before she got pregnant because she figured that opting for a C-section would be better for her pelvic floor. And then she looked more into it and said, actually, that's not the case at all because when you are carrying your baby or babies, if it's a multiple birth, that the way, if you think about it as a, a bag of oranges, like a big bag of oranges in a plastic bag, and that weight of the oranges will stretch that plastic. So whether or not you deliver vaginally or whether like it's the act of carrying that weight is going to have an impact on your pelvic floor. So you're saying more of the pregnancy itself is the issue and what you do in pregnancy rather than the actual birth outcome. Uh, it's both. Like, so it's okay. not one or the other. Gotcha. But I can say that what you, how you are in pregnancy will have an impact on how you deliver which will have an impact on how you recover. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then there's, but then the, what's tricky is that in each of those, in each of those phases, there are other scenarios that can arise, right? So how you recovery postpartum, will it have an impact based on what, de- what, how your delivery went? But if you have a child who's not sleeping, that's going to have an impact on your ability to recover, right? So there's there's issues within each of those that will. Um, so it's not just a cut and dry yeah um, scenario. It's it, it, but it's it's keeping in mind that um, what what we do in each of those phases will have an impact, and then to recognize that there is an impact and that the impact doesn't have to be a life sentence. Yeah. Yeah, one, so, way or, one way or the other. And so when we're talking about pelvic floor rehabilitation, we're talking about that for anyone who's had a baby in terms of even pre- in a preventative sense or really someone who's having issues? Oh, I would say in a preventative sense because um, 
really we don't actually know the impact down the road, right? So depending on when you have your children, at what age you have your children, and how close you are to perimenopause, um, and then there's perimenopause and menopause, how the hormone shift in your body will also impact how the vagina and the pelvic floor function. So if there's already an issue that's present, that can have an impact, but there could be a latent issue that you don't even realize is there because you're just humming along, doing your thing as a mom and as a woman and doing what you're doing. And then slowly these other things start to arise. And, um, and so it may have just been under your level of awareness. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of people being preventative and, and more importantly, seeing a pelvic health physiotherapist and they're all over the world now that really, really, you just need to Google your, um, your state or province or country and look like Google up pelvic health physiotherapist or pelvic health physical therapist. Um, they're becoming more and more popular. And I was speaking with one the other day and she said, it'd be really helpful if you went prenatally so you could get a baseline of where you're at so that when you come back postnatally, say about six weeks after you deliver, then there can be a nice comparison and just seeing where you're at on the spectrum and they can take into account your delivery style. They can take into account how you're recovering and then really um, um, support and advise you. Like I know in the, in the States and in Canada, uh, you can go to your doctor three months postpartum and if all seems well, the doc will say, okay, go for it. Go back to your regular activity. And for some women, that's completely okay. But for others, there might be there might be latent things that are that aren't being noticed. And if you get back to a high level activity too soon, and you don't have the stability and the integrity in your body, mostly from the pelvis and the pelvic floor and the muscles that are surrounding the pelvis and the leg bones, then you go back to high level acti- of activity, then the way the forces move through your body is, is could have a really, really, really negative impact on both your pelvic floor as well as in through your joints, through your knees and your ankles. And I don't know many women who've gone back because their doctor said, yep, yeah, all is good, or they haven't said, don't do it. And they've gone back because they want to get their baby weight off and they want to get back into themselves again. Um, and I, all the women I know who've done that and have just done that with 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 abandon almost have all hurt themselves within three to six months post starting that process now i'm going to ask some questions that i think is on everybody's mind when you go to um, a pelvic health physiotherapist how does one get assessed is it um an apparatus is it there i mean how are they actually checking the integrity of the pelvic floor i'm curious there um there are a few different ways that assessment can happen. The, there, there can be an internal exam and there can be an external exam. And people sometimes get a little freaky about doing the internal exam for good reason because it's an internal exam. And so most, most pelvic health physios won't actually do an internal if there is a queasiness on the part of the client or the patient. Um, but they, but if they're, if everything's okay and there's, um, and they're good to move forward with it, and there's consent there, mm-hmm. then they will they will assess internally, and they'll be able to assess at different levels. There sometimes is a, is a belief, and it's partly because of the way Kegels have been taught. There's a belief that there's like one layer of 
muscles and you lift them up to contract and you drop them down um, to release. And that's not entirely, that's not entirely true, but there's, we have to think more about it. It's when we kind of think about intercourse, um, it, it changes up the vision of this because when you think about intercourse, there's the vagina wraps around something. So there's a cylindrical and there's a squeezing in of the cylinder and then it releases. So it's not really a lift that's happening, although it could feel like a lift. It's more of the squeezing in. So a cue that some might find a little crass, but I find works really, really well is for someone to get a feel of their pel- of how their pelvic floor works is imagine that you have a tampon in and that you're trying to pull it out, but you're contracting the muscles to prevent that tampon from pulling out. Mm-hmm. Now there's a squeezing in as opposed to a lifting up. And that's a more accurate way that, that the pelvic floor works. So the physio will actually assess at different levels of your vagina, of that birth canal, to get a sense of where things are uh, working well and where things aren't working well. So you can measure at different levels. And then um, they can also get a feel if you're overdoing it by using other muscle groups like your inner thigh muscles or your, your hip muscles or your butt muscles or up in your belly or your back or your jaw, or you brace with your rib cage, or use your neck, like people can use all sorts of things to make the contraction and the release happen. And so they want to make sure that the muscles are doing the appropriate action. And then they'll also take a look at how your, your, your belly is functioning, and the relationship between what's above the pelvis and what's below the pelvis. So they'll get a sense of how all those pieces are working together. Because we have to remember, with the hormone of relaxing coming in, that there's a doozy on making our joints a bit more mobile or a lot more mobile. And then as the relaxin, it moves out of our body, then we get to see how those our, our pieces are coming back together and how our ligaments are now being managed um, when all that goes out of our body. And they can assess that as well. So it's a great, it's a, it's a great way to um, uh, just get a sense of where you're at. I know with my sister, she delivered twins uh, about 10, 14 years ago now. And I remember looking at her and it was, I think her boys were two years old and I was looking at her and she just had a funny gait. Her, her, her walking pattern had become very heavy um, and her feet just sort of hit the floor really hard. She didn't have the lightness that she had had as I knew her before, before she had her boys. And it just struck me as something not quite right. And that's, I only had this intuitive sense as I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm wondering, do you have leakage or do you have any, are you having any issues postpartum? And she just kind of looked at me and she says, how did you know that? And I said, well, I'm just, I'm just looking at the way you're moving. It's, it's different than how you had been. And she started to tell me more about what had happened, like more about what she was feeling. And so I referred her to someone who was literally just down the street from her. And in one visit, one visit, uh, all of her issues went away. And so it was great. So she had never known about a pelvic health physio, um, didn't even cross her mind. And so two years postpartum, she was able to clean up whatever that was, all the things that she was experiencing. I can't remember all of them at the top, at the top of my head. But what's interesting about that is she's also a cross-country skier and she was in a master's group and she was at the back of the pack. And in two weeks, just out of doing the exercises that the physio had given her, she was now at the front of the pack. 
So that was merely because that she was now gaining more integrity in through her pelvis. And to say exactly what she did was is challenging because each physio will give a woman something different. So it's not that everyone needs to do Kegels or everyone doesn't need to do Kegels. It's more about what's specific to the muscle imbalances that might be experienced by the specific woman. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. Well, I'd love you to share a little bit more of um, maybe some of your miracle stories like that. That's awesome. But also just the work that you're doing, I guess, also pre, um, prenatally. And let's mm-hmm. just also let the listeners know that you're also pregnant with twins at the moment. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. And so it's been a really, really great learning. This is, these are my first two. And um, so it's been, to have the actual experience, I mean, is, is awesome. And there's so much people didn't tell me about how amazing it can be. And it's also been a really great journey to listen to my body that much more. And that's really what I I teach women is, is I help them feel the sensations in their body, help them what I call listen to the whisper so they don't have to hear the screams. So that early on in their pregnancy, they can start to get a feel and understanding for what's happening. Because I can't think of any other time of life where things can change so quickly, particularly as you get along further in your pregnancy, that what worked to help bring ease uh, doesn't necessarily work the next hour or doesn't necessarily work the next day. So early on, I'm having them um, become aware of how they're breathing and how their posture is and where their ribcage is relative to their pelvis and, and getting a sense in their own mind's eye where their orifices are. Um, because when they go into delivery, if they have an epidural, that will all numb out. And what they will tell me consistently is that those who've had the epidural, they can still tell in their mind's eye where those orifices are. And what I help them do is I help them breathe through those orifices and just get a feel for that. The Because the orifices need to be, there needs to be strength in the pelvic floor because it is the base of your torso. And there is a baby that's going to be coming through there. So there needs to be and a suppleness or an ability for openness because if that pelvic floor is too tight, then the baby's head or butt or depending on how the baby is presenting is going, and it's still coming vaginally, is going to butt up against a really tight pelvic floor. So we want to be able to help a woman um, bring suppleness to that area. So if they can, if they can be um, aware of their breath and allow the breath to come down to their pelvic floor, feel those three orifices and feel the breath moving through there, then that's a step in the direction of being present to that area. And then from there, we can then start to add in some strength exercises because with the relaxing coming in, joints do become more mobile and then muscles can get really quite tight in trying to support the mobility of the of the joint um, or the overmobility of the joint. So when we bring in some strength work, that can actually help um, mitigate some of the, the, the laxity, not in a way that will prevent it from being lax. Cause we do want some laxity obviously to enable the baby to come through. Um, however, we also don't want to have, we, we want to have structural integrity so we can still get around in our day-to-day life. Um, 
And so that's what I'm, I'm helping them gain a sense of, and then just getting the feel of, you know, as the load comes in, depending on the, on the, the length between their pelvis and their rib cage, some women present quite anteriorly. Some women expand more wide. Um, some women carry low. Some women carry high. How that load is presented is going to have an impact on how the forces move through the body. So each woman is just a little bit different in how they, um, and how they uh, feel and determine what they need in, in, in order to be comfortable as the as the babies grow and as the pregnancy progresses. Well, I love how you mentioned also the suppleness as well, because I think a lot of people think it's all about being strong and, and firm and tight. And I, I just know just from, well, I think it's about 16 years worth of practice now in chiropractic that you know, when it's a very, very tight pelvic floor ballerina gymnast that they don't always end up in a good birth and they can actually be in a state where they can't they can't dilate and they can't because it is so tight and it's been taught to be tight for years upon years. So maybe you could share a little bit about also how people could, you know, bring in the suppleness as well rather than just the, the strengthening, which is what most people are always focusing upon. Yeah, and I think most of the reason why there's strengthening that's focused on is because that's what the media focuses on. So when you look at a lot, a lot of the blog posts and a lot of um, uh, like women's magazines, you'll hear a lot about keeping that pelvic floor strong. And when you're pregnant, you should spend lots of time strengthening that pelvic floor. And for some women, that's important. However, um, it's how they're doing it, which really can get can get in the way. And and what's what's interesting is when you speak to uh, physiotherapists, they don't even need to be pelvic health physiotherapists. But if you speak to physiotherapists, both um, I know in Canada and in the U.S., and there's some in Australia that I've been speaking to as well, and they're saying the same thing: is that more and more and more what they're noticing is the issue isn't that someone's pelvic floor is too weak; it's that it's overactive. So there's no and, stretch in there. There's no elasticity. Yeah, and and that I find. Uh, I find so interesting that because there's been such a focus for so long on strengthening and also because a stress response often includes a pelvic floor that gets tighter, um, then people actually need to learn how to downtrain and they need to learn how to relax the pelvic floor in some cases. Um, so keeping things supple also means to keep your hips supple. So sometimes I'll use a tennis ball and I'll have people roll around on their on their on their butts and their hips, um, and just to keep keep the rotators of their hips a little bit more mobile. The orifice breathing that I was talking about that can help bring awareness to the orifices and really help thinking about um, bringing breath into that area. I'll use imagery, uh, and I'll often give women the the opportunity to decide which image they actually want to focus on a lot of women come up which I find interesting a lot of women come up with a rose or a flower and that as they're breathing in they feel a flower blooming away and as they breathe they're breathing out that flower then comes back in and so then they can feel that movement in their pelvic floor as that uh, pelvic floor uh, moves with their inhale and their exhale um, and then and same with what, what I also found really interesting is that the if you think about the pelvic floor and the diaphragm, it's like a canister and the diaphragm's at the top and the pelvic floor is at the bottom. And if the diaphragm gets really limited, then the pelvic floor can become limited. And um, if the diaphragm can't move down as well, then the pelvic floor is going to have, could have a limitation in how it moves down. And, um, 
And as we get along in our pregnancies, and particularly if you're carrying high, then the, the baby can actually impede that diaphragm. So early on, I'll have women bring their hands up into their ribs under their rib cage and just start to massage out through and under their rib cage and breathe into the sides of their rib cage right near the bottom of their rib cage to help bring a little bit more um, suppleness up into that area. And a lot of them will find a, uh, a simultaneous shift in their pelvis, whether it's in their hips or whether it's in the actual pelvic floor. And then they carry this on throughout their pregnancy. And, and sometimes as we get further along, like I said, babies can be carried high and things can get more limited. So I'll have them lie over um, an exercise ball. Some people call them birthing balls. Some people call them Pilates balls. Um, they're all the same. They're the big round balls you can sit on in front of a desk if that's what you do. Um, or you can you do wall sits and just sit and do exercises on them. Uh, but you can you can put your lie back over it as if you're in a bit of a back bend, and that can give a little bit more space um, under the bottom of the ribs. And I think you get your hands in there. Like even for me at 31 weeks, I'm really surprised that I can still access the bottom of my ribs and underneath when I'm in that position. I've really surprised. I did that the other day, and I was like, wow, I can still actually get there. That's pretty remarkable because I've got two. And the girl, I've got a girl up top and a boy down below, and the girl is quite high. Um, she's not kicking me into my ribs, and she's not kicking me up into my diaphragm, um, but she, I can feel her quite high. And um, so then when I lie over the, the ball, and not into, it, not, not into a huge extension whatsoever, it's just giving a little bit of, you'll feel it, there'll just be a little bit of space um, at the bottom of the ribs, and get, get your fingers underneath the, the ribs a little, and then, and then breathe into the lower part of your ribs and just massage that area out. If you don't want to do it yourself, you can also find a prenatal massage therapist. He'll do it for you. And they can help keep that area supple as well. Um, but then you'll find that there's a correlation down often down to your pelvic floor. Nice tip. Nice tip. Well, um, we did have a little chat a little bit in the pre-chat about it, but I would love you to share some of the best advice that you've ever received now that you are pregnant and, <laughs> and also, um, we're just working with mums as well. I mean, it's, I, I know that as well, working with pregnant women and then being pregnant, your eyes are more open for sure, because now it's really yeah. you and you're in, in their shoes. Um, and it's probably the best thing for your practice, I think, because, you know, you just you start to talk the same language. What's been um, the best advice? And if you could just tap into a little bit of just your experience now doing the work that you do while being pregnant. Um, the uh, the best advice I got was from a uh, a woman who said to me, "Just give yourself over to the experience." And that was early on. I think it was shortly after I announced to the world that I was pregnant and. And I would say that that is the best advice because bodies change so much. My body has changed a lot. Um, my need to nap has gone up quite a bit. My sleeping has changed. Like so much has shifted. How I eat is different. Not not necessarily in, in a conscious way. It's more like, it's like my husband said to me, so do you want oatmeal this morning? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> actually <laughs> I would, I really want to barf thinking about that. <laughs> so so it's but so it's like just noticing those things and not being upset. Cause I, I used to love oatmeal, um, but it's like it's it's just recognizing that that's just what's happened, and it's there's nothing to resist. It's just something to go along with and and to really embrace the journey of it all. And and it's been 
it's been a remarkable journey. It, I've, it's for me, it's been, it's gone really quite smoothly. Um, there's of course been uncomfort and discomfort at d- different times, but just allow myself not to resist and just allowing it to unfold has probably been uh, the most joyous and then really having a lot of fun with it. Two weekends ago, we bought some body paint and we painted my belly in a yin yang symbol and and then we we made some funny art on my belly, like where are my feet? Right, just having a lot of fun with it, mm-hmm. um, knowing that this is this will be over. This is a short. If you think about it, in the long long view, is that this is a really short amount of time, and and I've really really quite enjoyed it. Um, that's probably the best advice I got. Um, and and now seeing other women. Um, there's a, there's certainly an understanding a relative to just the changes that one experiences. Now that I've experienced a lot of those changes, I granted my experience is different from their experience. Um, but now that there has been an experience, it's no longer an intellectual story that I can tell them. It's there's a, there's a different understanding now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that. I think, I think the advice that you just um, were given the embrace it all and, and 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 don't resist i think that's just a great um piece of advice for the birth as well i mean it's really just pure surrender and um yeah just just let your body do what it needs to do and be a witness yeah 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 there and and the other thing too is um i ha- i certainly have my preferences for the way i would like the birth to go but i also recognize that it's going to go the way it's going to go yeah. And and so I've just I've 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 got my my I mean if I wasn't having twins I would definitely have a midwife but in Canada you can't have a midwife deliver babies um if you've got two or more mm-hmm. um so so I'm I'm going a different route and I'm going the, the more medical route but at the same time it's like well that's the way it is that's the way it is and so you just you just you get yeah there's a certain amount of rolling with it that I've, I've had to get my head around early on and just say, okay, well, this is, this is what it is. But I've also got a doula as, as a support person, mm-hmm. um, to kind of help me maneuver through that world a little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm guessing if your sister's got twins, that there's a bit of uh, twin action in the family. Yes. I'm a twin too. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And my, and the sister who's had the twins isn't my twin. Right. Right. So, yeah. So there's a, there's a thing in our family for sure. We, we seem to do it in litter. <laughs> Get all done in one go. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said. I was having this discussion with um, a mum with a few, uh, she's pregnant with her third and there'll be three under three. And we were talking about it and, and, and we sort of, and she made a good point. She said that she thought that twins were easier than having, let's say, two under two because, They'll nap at the same time. They do everything at the same time. Whereas you've got one who's, you know, already walking and running down the streets, and then you've got the other one who is not doing anything, and you know, you're just going all your attention with the boob. At least if you've got two at the same time, they nap together and they do everything. And I thought that was a really good point as well. But yes, getting it all done in one, in one is is there's something to be said for that too. I'll, I'll let you know in uh, 12 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how nice you have one of each as well. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been really, really fun. Um, 
I'd love you to share um, some more details, a little bit about how people can find, uh, you know, more about your services and best get in touch with you, Susie. So um, especially in your area and maybe your website and things like that. So, Sure. So um, one thing that is coming up that your listeners might be interested in is I'm hosting something called the Female Core and Pelvic Floor Online Conference, which people can get access to around the world. And um, and that is a, a series of speakers from pelvic health physiotherapists to uh, hormone specialists to uh, uh, fitness and yoga people who all have experience in either pregnancy or postpartum, all the way through from prenatal to menopause. So that's one arena that someone might be interested in. Uh, they can also find me at functionalsynergy.com. As well as on Facebook, they can also find me at Functional Synergy on Facebook. And that's where that's where most of my social uh, network is there. I do a little bit on Instagram, but it's mostly on Facebook. Yeah, it is hard to keep up with it all, I find myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so when is that um, summit happening and what was the name again, just so we can be really clear for the listeners? Sure. It is um, happening on March 1st and 2nd. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Female Core and Pelvic Floor Online Conference. Mm-hmm. And so all the material we, will be pre-recorded and then we streamed on those two days. And in the fee, people can get access to all the download, right? Yeah. So they get if they can't make those days, that's okay. Um, the day after, we'll have all the material um, being downloaded to your email that you can access. Sounds awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that you've got a big chunk to play in that. Well, I do, I'm doing most of the interviews and or all the interviews. So yeah, so it's uh, been a lot of fun uh, pulling out data from the speakers and, um, and, and this and listening to their their take on it in relationship to what the what it is I'm teaching. We've got, there's, there's, we've got a great medical intuitive who's also an, a board certified OBGYN. And she's just a crazy wise woman. And another woman who specializes in trauma. So whether it's birth trauma or previous trauma um, or trauma unrelated to birth and the relationship to healing, as well as um, work that is around the pelvic area and, and the prolapse and, uh, and and scar management for those people who have gone through a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sounds really interesting. Um, I think this episode is actually coming out a little bit after that. So people will have to... Um, you know, we'll have to buy, we'll have to buy it. So, um, I guess a Google search will, will bring it up on it and also it'll be on the show notes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It wasn't that hard to coordinate luckily with the, the time differences. So, um, yeah, yeah, I really just appreciate it for you reaching out and, um, yeah, thanks for sharing your message and doing the work that you do. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.